Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. I'm exhausted, but I'm good. <laughs> exhausted going into open week. Yay. Bad time to be exhausted. It's a bad time to sleep train. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. But here we are. No doubt. Yeah. Well, this week's uh, open workout is, and this podcast is brought to you by Tupood, which is very exciting because we love Tupood. Love them. No, I'm so so stoked that they've uh, that they've come on as a sponsor. If you're listening to this, if you're a longtime listener, you're probably thinking to yourself, like, wait, haven't these guys been sponsored by Tupood forever? Because they're like always talking about their belts, <laughs> and I like wear like a sparkly gold belt and sparkly black knee sleeves constantly. No, have never been sponsored until today. Mm. So that's how you know um, that we we truly love working with people who you know whose brands we believe in. So that is really cool that they're, they're a sponsor. And if you are wondering who in the heck they are, um, they're an awesome accessory company that makes to me the best weightlifting belt in the game. And they have belts for everyone. They carry sizes from triple extra small to double extra large. Uh, if you're an athlete of any size, of any skill level, of any style preference, there's a belt for you. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should backdate the invoice to like the first episode we talked about them, which I think was like two years ago. Swear no, to God. Isn't that how you like pointed me out at first? Weren't you like, oh, you're yeah. that girl with the gold belt? Yeah, you were. This was uh, it was at that uh, the Winter Classic here in Cleveland, that competition, and that's where we met the first time. And they twisted your arm and made you come do a workout because they were down some people, I think. And you had that big gold sparkly belt and your big blingy knee sleeves and just out there throwing down with everybody else. It was great. Just working out blingy. So if you want a sequin belt, this is the only place you can get one. Highly recommend you check them out. Um, and they have over 45 different designs to choose from. So, I mean, if you're not picking a sequin belt, are you even lifting? That's my actual question, but about. either way, there are other designs and other styles that you can choose. So check them out. They are two pood, the number two P O O D.com. There you go. All right. Well, uh, you don't need lifting for today's workout, Nikki. I did it and there's uh, no belt required, That's but right. it's, uh, it's still hard. It's still hard. 20, 22.1. So, it was released. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, um, look at you doing the workout the day it was released. That is. It was total, It was an, it was an accident. I swear to God, it was an accident. Here's what happened. So the workout gets released and I'm watching it and I'm like, that doesn't look so bad. You know, and I've had already planned to do it Sunday. So I've got big plans this weekend. Me and my baby girl are getting in the car tomorrow afternoon. We're driving to Pittsburgh and we're going to see John Mayer in concert. We're very excited. Oh, you love John Mayer. This is a big oh, deal for you. Yeah. And I have floor seats. I have really good seats because cool. uh, here's the full story. So the first time I saw John Mayer live was before my daughter was born. That's okay. how long I've followed this guy. And I haven't seen him since. And Megan fell in love with him, you know, a couple of years ago and loves all his albums. And so when I found out he was coming, I signed up for his email alerts and you get pre-release when you do that. And like, I literally set my phone, set an alert for waiting for these tickets to uh, go on sale. And the second they went on sale, I went and bought the two closest seats I could. I didn't care what they cost. I'm like, we're getting on the floor. So we're right down front. It's great. Cool. Um, but anyway, I so because I was doing that, I'm like, well, I can't do Friday Night Lights because that's when the concert is. And mm -hmm. I don't want to do it on Saturday because I'm going to be exhausted from, you know, spending the night up there and driving back. 
So I need mm-hmm. to do it Sunday morning. So I'd already made plans to do it Sunday morning. Well, then they release it. And I'm like, all right, well, I need to work out today anyway. So I'll go in the basement and I'll do a run through at the women's RX and I'll do okay. step ups, step ups instead of uh, box jumps because I'm in my basement. And then I get down there and I'm like looking at the box and I've literally never done this. Keep in mind, I've been in this house for seven freaking years, Nikki. So mm-hmm. I'm looking around. I'm like, I think I can do box jumps down here. So I get on top of the box and I stand all the way up and I, I can't like the top of my head is touching the beams standing up. Okay. Fully standing. I'm like, well, I'll never be fully standing for this workout. Like, you know, you, you're not going to stand up all the way up for 15 box jump step overs, you know? Right. So then I'm like, all right, well, I'll just try one. What's the worst that could happen? And I had plenty of clearance. I'm like, all right, well, I can do box jumps. And they felt really good because I'm lighter, you know? I've lost some weight and uh, I did a few wall walks. Those felt pretty good. So then I went over and got my dumbbell and I'm warming up with the lighter dumbbell. And then I, I went and grabbed the 50s to see what it felt like. And then that felt good. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. And so I measure everything. You RX this workout. And Look just at went, you. I know. I just went for it. Just, I, you know, like I knew I'm still doing it Sunday. I didn't have a judge here and I wasn't going to film it because no one needs to see that. And, uh, so yeah, so I'm like, all right, well, I'll just do it and see how it feels. And so now I know how it feels. And here's a spoiler: it's not so bad. I didn't think okay, so anyway. Great, yeah. that's what I like to hear. The standard's a little tough. So the first thing I would say to most people that are going to do this, like I was laughing to myself when they release the equipment list. All the short people are like, "Yay, no wall balls, no rowing!" And then they saw the standard for wall walks. They're like, "Damn it." This is going to be tough because the... Uh, Can you explain it? Yeah. So you have 10 inches off the wall where your hands have to get when you're fully inverted, which isn't so bad. That's actually, that's not the bad part. What's going to be tough for people is um, your hands have to start if you're a female at 55 inches and if you're a male at 60 inches. So that's five feet for men, right? And so you're not getting a huge discount if you're a female, which I thought was a little weird, but you know, I wasn't doing the women's wall walks. So um, if you're tall, like, or tall ish, like I'm six feet tall and I have pretty long arms. So getting my hands to five feet, isn't that big a deal. Now, first of all, it doesn't seem like it'd be that big a deal to start with. You keep your hands at that, at that marker until both feet are on the wall and then you can move your hands. Here's the hard part that will be hard for a lot of people you can't take your feet off the wall coming back down until your hands touch that line again. Ooh, okay. So, you know, you, it's a, you know, so if you're, think about it, if you're five foot six and your hands have to, or, you know, five foot eight and your hands have to be at the five foot line before you can come off the wall, it's going to slow down that controlled movement coming down. So it just, mm-hmm. it'd be a little harder for some people, but I would argue too, if you, you know, if you're also a little shorter, once you get inverted, you should be moving a little faster. You know, you've got a shorter distance to get there. But um, I think the wall walks are the least of the problem in this workout anyway, for whatever that's worth. Is the box jumps because they gas you? Actually, no. So here's what I, I, I tried a couple of different things in the middle of the workout. And this is the advantage to being able to do it at home with no one watching and not really stressed about the reps, but still working hard is I wanted to see what would happen if I tried a couple of different things. So the hard part was the dumbbell snatches, trying to find a good pace that wouldn't uh, blow up your heart rate, right? So when you cycle them, particularly at what I think is a pretty heavy weight, like 50 pounds is not insignificant. When you're cycling them quick, 
my heart rate tends to spike. And so then it does, then the box jumps do become much harder. So like the first round, I went out a little bit too fast and I felt my heart rate higher than it needed to be. And the box jumps felt a little harder than I thought they should. So in rounds two and three, um, I went to singles, just fast singles. So I didn't really let go of the dumbbell. I would just take it all the way to the floor, change hands, come back up, all the way to the floor, change hands, come up and just kind of keep a steady pace. So my heart rate never spiked. And then when I got to the box jumps, I could move as fast as I wanted to. And that seemed to be a really good strategy for me to keep my heart rate down. And then when I, when I do it over my strategy from this point will be to do that through three rounds. Cause I cycled the first round and I think that hurt me a little bit because rounds two and three were slower than they should have been. What I would do in the future is I will probably do those fast singles in round one, two, and three, and then put the hammer down from then on out. Like, because yeah. you only have so much time, like it's only 15 minutes. It's not like it's a right. really long workout. And each round, right. like the first round took me about two minutes. And then the subsequent rounds took me 30 to 45 seconds longer than that. So I, I think I need to slow down that first round a little bit and stay more consistent. And I should be able to get close. I got five rounds plus six reps. So I should be able to get closer to six rounds, I think. But now, I thought you see. were a one and done guy. Well, I wasn't planning to do it. I am a one and done guy, but I didn't have a judge here and I can't count the score. Got it. Got it. Okay. You know, I mean, so that was a I, good practice run then. Yeah. I look, I, I felt like I, ke- I kept myself to the standards, you know, the kind of the key standards on this is your hands have to be on the lines. Um, and so that's important. And I know I did that. Um, and you can't, your free hand on the dumbbell snatches can't be touching yourself in any way. As dirty as that sounds, you can't touch your leg. You know, like you can't, like a lot of people like to prop off on their leg, give themselves extra leverage. You can't do that at all. Um, So I was really careful to do that. And then, you know, box jumps are box jumps. You just jump up and step down. And, you know, really the only tip, I don't, I don't know why anyone would need the tip, but just stay close to the box and don't stop. Like, you know, and if you do have to take yeah. a break, take a break at the top of the box. That would be. Yeah, that's what I do tips. too. Yeah. The no rebounding standard is interesting to me. It's obviously in there to um, protect the athletes mm-hmm. and their yep. precious, precious Achilles. Um, but it's interesting to me because there's only a few types of athletes that that's really going to impact. I would say the vast majority of us spend most of our time jumping up and stepping down, right? right? Like that's just, that's just a good rhythm that we've all gotten used to over the years. But there's a, uh, there are very specific athletes that like pull way ahead on box jumps and box jump overs because they rebound and Matt is one of them. Uh So I am so excited to see uh, what happens when he's forced to, figure out how to kind of like box jump like the rest of us mere mortals. Uh, Cause he's definitely like a superhuman box jumper. Yeah. I'm interested to see if anyone complains about that. Like I saw um, our buddy, Sean, Sean Sweeney, CrossFit cowboy mm-hmm. had something in his story and it, well, it didn't seem like a complaint, but he made a good point. He said, you know, that they're doing this. And I think he had it in, even in quotes to protect athletes, but you know, are they going to continue to allow people to do kipping pull-ups as an example, you know, which could also be deemed dangerous. And, you know, I think it's, a, it is an athlete safety is a really interesting topic to me. I'm not taking a position here. I like the step down off the box. Cause I think it makes it a more competitive workout for people. You know, mm. it, 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 it 
stop some of that separation you're describing between the mats of the world and the very mm-hmm. average people like me, you know, it makes you really mm-hmm. think about the workout. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's a, you know, I've, I've long felt like rebounding box jumps were dangerous and high rep. And this is a workout where if you're really, really like I'm, it wouldn't be dangerous for me because I'm not fit enough, even if I could rebound to get more than maybe six or seven rounds. But there are athletes out there that could get significantly more if they could rebound. And once you start getting into those really high reps, you know, all bets are off, even to the fittest of athletes. Yeah. And I understand the difficulty when it comes to drawing a line in the sand somewhere, right? Like think about all the, the, the open workouts or portions of open workouts that have been max lifts or heavy lifts. I guess you could say that those would be dangerous and you can't protect everyone from themselves constantly. But I do believe that the open is a little bit more for everyone. And I doubt that they would put in this standard in a quarterfinal or in a semifinal for those athletes that really make it that far. So I think it's just a, it's just a right now. And I, I think just keeps things interesting. Keep it spicy. You don't know what's going to come. You don't know what standard is going to change. You would be ready for everything. So I, it doesn't bother me. I just, I find it interesting. I really like this one. I like the wall walks in this rep scheme much better mm-hmm. than the last time we did them uh, for a couple of reasons. I, I think they're way more accessible to the average athlete. Like I can, mm. you know, and I'm a very average athlete, so I can do three pretty easily. You right. start getting above three and things get scary quick, you know? And, and, yeah. and so I think this is one where, you know, if, you know, that kind of the average athlete, if you can not spend a lot of time under tension, if you can do those real quick, everything else kind of flows. And like when this workout was over, I was standing up, I was not rolling around on the floor and grabbing mm-hmm. my knees. Now, granted, I may go harder on Sunday when I do it again, but yeah, you know, this isn't one of those that's going to absolutely destroy you and you're not going to be able to do things. And I really like the fact that I'm walking away from it with no hand tears, no, you know, like yep. none of that stuff that you tend to kind of get in week one of the open, you know, I think one year we had snatches like in week one and next thing you know, everyone's hands are, you know, it was that we were doing 10, 10 at a time. Yeah. And, and then, you know, everyone's hands are getting all torn up in your first week, you know, it's just yeah. tough, but it was a good one. I like this one. I'm a big fan. I I do too. I, I have been on the fence this year about the open, whether or not I was going to be able to do anything RX just based off of where I am uh, postpartum. And I think I, I think I'm going to give this one a go with that 35 pound dumbbell. And the, like you said, that number of wall walks is pretty accessible. I'm still a little bit uncomfortable upside down, but I think I can do it. So I'm going to give it a shot. We'll see. We'll see. We were going to do Friday night lights. Um, we got a big snowstorm coming, so mm. we'll see. Not sure yet when. Well, it feels like we have a snowstorm every weekend at this point. So. I know. know. What did you think of the open uh, announcement? So I only watched um, from the women's competition on. I missed the first part of it because I was driving home. But um, but it was fun to see it back. Like I mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much I missed it because we really haven't had that type of an environment in like two years. You know, and um, I was had a lot of FOMO and jealousy for not being mm-hmm. a part of it. <laughs> I, Nobody I called me to be a part of it, and yeah. I was upset. But that's fine. Um, that proves to you that we're not in cahoots, I guess. Right. Well, I know. I, I well, you know, Derek, who was kind of doing the role, I think you probably would have been doing. Uh, is Damn it, Derek! Yeah, he's a friend. Uh, no, he's a and friend he of mine I, too. I know. He and he's I great. are in cahoots. Damn it! And uh, <laughs> if I were in cahoots with anyone, it'd be that dude. And, um, so I was messaging him during, I liked it. I, I, here's what I really liked about it. I thought it had the same vibe as previous years, which the OGs 
should respect. I think they did a really nice job bringing in uh, Sean, who's in a boot for some reason. I guess I need to get the story behind that. And, um, and uh, Chase, right? Chase, yeah. So I thought Chase having did Sean, a great job. Yeah, he was terrific. Uh, and then having the actual announcement read by Tia, I thought it was brilliant. I mean, who's going to argue about Tia Claire Toomey oh, reading the opening? Just say that. Like, you, know? you can't hate on that. Like, yeah. that was so smart. Way to go, CrossFit. Good job, everyone. Yeah, and then after that, you know, they did an interview with Justin Berg, which, you know, I think is probably the first time most people got exposed to him. And they're probably all thinking the same thing I was, is he's like a full foot too tall for CrossFit. Um, yes. Dude, dude's a big large. boy. He's large. a big large. But I thought it was important for him to speak, and he did a great job. I mean, he he you know, spoke with authority. You could clear, clearly tell a guy knows his stuff. You know, he explained why they chose Boz to program the workouts. And, um, yeah, I honestly think if anybody comes away bitching and moaning about this, they're going to bitch and moan about anything because it was, this was a really well-run event for sure. I agree. And I, I also think like I commend Chase for how he handled that interview because he asked questions that we mm-hmm. all really wanted answers to. And that's hard to do, especially when, you're working for HQ. It's a sensitive topic for HQ and, you know, and, and Justin's going to answer and he's going to open up about it, but you got to be really good at asking the question and formulating it in a way that we all wanted to hear. And so good on Chase for doing that because it puts you in a really nerve wracking position You know, to sit in front of all of us CrossFitters and JB and be like, so are you using Dave's workouts or what? Like it's the question (laughs) we all want to know. And it's, it's kind of difficult and it's an awkward position. So I just, as an interviewer, I think he did a great job in that respect. He was terrific. I'm going to get back to that topic, but for anyone watching this video, my shirt does not say ass. It says assault. I was just going to ask that. I I just looked down and all I saw was ass. I'm like, people are going to think, what the hell is he wearing? Um, (laughs) We make, we make ass shirts for this podcast from now. (laughs) We totally should make ass shirts. Um, I would wear one. I thought Chase did a great job. I'm always like, I'm going to take the little devil's advocate a little bit. And the fact that, I'm not naive. Like he works for HQ. They gave him the questions. I thought he did a great job asking them. And, and I respect them for giving the questions. Like the fact that they brought it up proactively, you know, it's still like you're reporting on your own news. So that's a little, a little weird, but it wasn't weird. Yeah, No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I will say I have always, anytime I've had a chance to like do those interviews and remember I like sat down for a full, like two hours two years ago with Dave and did like live interviews, questions, Mm -hmm. whatever. They have always let me come up with those questions. I of course run them by them first, which is any interview. You can run questions by that person first, but I do, I believe that they would have gotten in that room and Chase would have been like, okay, like this is what people want to know. Can you answer this? And then they would have been like, yes, we can, or maybe no, we can't. I don't know. But um, I hear what you're saying. And I, I do totally agree. I'm just proud of everyone involved in that production for, like hitting that stuff straight on because we, as the viewers, we wanted to know. And I'm glad that they just figured out a way that they could get the information out there in a way that was obviously comfortable for them, but I'm glad they broached it. Cause it, I would have walked away being like, so we can talk about this. Right. Like, yeah. No, yeah no, good I, job I thought, to everyone involved. Yeah. And the athletes were great. Like I thought they did a great job with athlete selection. I mean, who doesn't like watching, you know, Pat and, Danielle and Noah and, you know, Noah and Bethany, Bethany. Yeah. I mean, come on. These are terrific athletes to watch. They were all super competitive. Yeah. It, you know, it was close and, and fun. And so, you know, I thought it had a really good vibe and spirit and a great kickoff, 
this go around. And I legit believe like a lot of people that have been pouting saying, I'm not doing the open this year because of X, you know, whatever reason they're pissed off about. I hope they watched this and went, maybe I should sign up. Yeah, they definitely did. And there's that group of people every year, no matter what happens, there's a group of people every year that are like, Oh, I'm not going to do whatever. Justin actually said something I thought was really intriguing to me that I had never thought of which blows my mind because I think I'm the smartest guy in the room, but I did not. You might be. <laughs> I did not think of this as he said, you know, open enrollment determines how many semifinals they have. And right. I was like, I was like, man, that like blew my mind for a second. It never occurred to me. If you don't have enough people signing up, you're not going to have three in the, in North America. You're going to have two. And I like to travel mm-hmm. to those things. So, you know, that's kind of a weird thing. Or you may have, as an example, instead of having two in Europe or however many they have, maybe you're only going to have one. Like those, that's who's really going to suffer or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the continents where they don't, you know, get as many people enrolling. So I just thought that was really interesting. And, and another reason why getting people to sign up for the open is so important. Yeah, know? I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I know that we have an interview to get to, but before we do that, can we get a little update from you on what's going on with your initiative in getting people to sign up for the open and helping out the adaptive athletes? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't planning for that. So you put me on the spot. No, it's going real Ooh, well. Sorry. I don't need I don't numbers, know. but just like, how's it going? No, it's going real well. We've raised, I've raised about 10 grand so far. Hell yeah. Um, and that's actually without the, you know, a lot of the sponsors have volunteered to throw money in the pot and just haven't yet. Um, yep. you know, they, they'll kind of be on the end of it. Um, so yeah, I keep, you know, some right at the 10 grand mark, which I think is right on pace for where I've kind of wanted to be. You know, I think, you know, I had somebody message me the other day, say they were disappointed. I wasn't at full goal yet. And while I appreciate the sentiment, I'm like, I don't think I needed to be like, I haven't been pushing it every single day. I don't want this to, you know, be like, I'm trying to show up CrossFit. Like I'm just trying to help a group of people, you know? And, yeah. uh, and so I think it's, you know, it's gone pretty well so far. I think the sponsors have been great. Uh, actually, Wad, I don't, do you ever use Wadden Done? Have you ever used them? Yes, I love Wadden. I'm like really anti-grip. I'm the worst. Like right. I might tear my hands up, whatever, but they and um, and the Victory Grips are the only ones that I like will kind of bust out sometimes. Well, this is not, this is not an ad, um, but they no. reached out to me and they said, hey, we'll give you a code, which by the way is MWGA dash adapt and for every purchase someone makes they'll take 25 percent of that purchase and donate it to the campaign which is very cool you know so yeah and they make great stuff i mean you know their hand grips it's you know it's i they may yell at me for saying this but for me it's like kt tape for your hands you know totally yeah and you know just keeps you from ripping and uh I just thought that was really generous of them and i've just had you know a lot of sponsors do that sort of thing and so Mm -hmm. i I think that part's been really good. I'll be interested to see, you know, I know open enrollment is up in the adaptive. I think I heard it was up three or 400 year over year, which, mm-hmm. you know, by percentage, that would be 20 or 30% probably. So it's pretty good growth. Yeah. It seems like, it seems like good growth by anyone's uh, stretch of the imagination. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see how it all pans out. I'm, I'm excited to see how much we raise and I'm going to be super happy to cut some checks at the end of semifinals, but, uh, so so far so good. So cool. Good stuff. So, all right. And our interview tonight, uh, is with Katie, who is a uh, Spartan racer, which I thought was a really interesting conversation for us because we've never had anyone 
I shouldn't say never, but we don't often have people that are kind of CrossFit adjacent like this, that they're real athletic pursuits or something other than trying to make it to the games. And so I thought it was fun. A lot of fun. And she, isn't she the world's toughest mutter? Uh, Yeah. 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 She's uh, whatever that title is. She's like in like insane winning those crazy things where they like basically make her run for 24 hours and then light her on fire. And then she like eats pizza and does it all over again. (laughs) Now you don't have to listen to the interview. I gave the whole thing away. Yeah. No, 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 no. She's, (laughs) she's a total beast. Like I'm, I'm just Mm -hmm. always so impressed with what people can do outside of the gym. Like training's fun. And I know we love talk about training, but I, I really love to watch people that are truly athletic and go do some, something with that. And so it's always fun to just get a few minutes to sit down and talk to, you know, people that are doing that. So that was a fun conversation. So, yeah. All right. Well, good luck with your sleep training. Try to get some rest. I'm going to enjoy my weekend and then do this again on Sunday. And we'll recap when we get back together. And for everyone listening, we are going to uh, kick you over uh, to the show. Welcome to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm so great. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm excited now that I know you're feeding your baby solid food. You're feeding the kid food now, like real food. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like he's, I don't, I don't know. Okay. All the, all the parents listening to this are going to be like, yeah, done Nikki. But like, I don't know. I thought that when your baby turned like, you know, six months and we've been messing with solids since like four months, but like six months, they start eating food. I thought you like eased into it and you like tried a thing and then a few days later you like tried another thing mm-hmm. he had a six-month checkup yesterday and the doctor was like yeah so like you know do three meals a day and I was like what and then he was like yeah and like for the second and third meals because I've been like breastfeeding him and then trying food after he's like for the second and third meals like feed him first and I was like what 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 like uh-huh. all the food he wants when he's hungry and he was like yeah and like you know, just feed them whatever you're eating. Like, you know, what do you eat? Like sweet potatoes, ground turkey. I was like, what? Like, uh, like I'm not feeding him like mushed up apples. Are you kidding me? He was like, yeah, no, just whatever you're eating. Just make sure that it's uh, not so big he chokes. The doctor does know you're going to be feeding that baby pizza and White Claw now, right? <laughs> <laughs> what I, I mean, he did say whatever I'm eating. Yeah, whatever so. I'm eating. Okay, pizza and White Claw. Let's go. Let's do this. Perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I... I don't know. I, I guess I just thought that it was going to be this like gradual whatever. And no, it's all of a sudden like Mm. this free for all. No one really prepares you for how stressful it is when your kids start solids. It's just like, I, I thought I was, I was in this really good spot where I was like, I got mom and down I'm figuring (laughs) out the schedule. He's napping. I'm pumping. Things are great. And it's like, Mm, don't choke on this ground turkey i guess good luck baby Mm. that that is a lot i i'm always worried my golden retriever is going to choke on food so i couldn't even imagine a child like (laughs) same 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 i have all i have fully replaced all the paranoia i had with my dogs with paranoia about my baby fully the good news is at the year mark you can just give him an uber eats card and just order his own food so it'd be fine (laughs) it's probably going to be better at friggin cell phones and technology already at that age than i am now We'll, we'll keep talking about this topic, but our guest is Katie Knight. Katie's on. Hi, Katie. How are you? Hello, everyone. Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, we're excited to have you. Um, yeah, my kids, Uber Eats, 24-7. I haven't fed my kids in two years. It's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. At all. Like, they just come in. This is what my life's like now. I don't know how you guys live, but 
this is what my life's like. I got one that's living at home full time and she'll just like randomly wander downstairs, go to the front door, pick up whatever food has arrived. It's usually McDonald's. So the whole, the whole entire house smells amazing, <laughs> you know, and uh, she'll eat whatever junk food she's ordered. The other one will like come down and put some toaster waffles in and slab her, you know, peanut butter on them. And that'll be her meal. And they both weigh like a hundred pounds, like these tiny little girls just eating like 24 year old college boys is the best. <laughs> Absolutely the best. And me over here doing RP, like eating chicken and rice. Like I'm on so the last two weeks of survivor, you know, trying to <laughs> live. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And how old are your kids? Oh, uh, well, they're not even kids anymore. They're 20 and 18. They're, oh, okay. they're out of control. So they're, they're <laughs> They're, they're about your age, you know, that's how I feel. So it's all good. <laughs> oh my I'm, God. Is that weird for you? No, I'm a little older. She's I'm, a, I'm, I'm quite a bit older, actually. <laughs> just a, just a little, you're, I feel like you both are just slightly older than my daughters, but <laughs> you're far more accomplished than both of my daughters at this point though. So I, I'll give you Ooh. credit. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah. So this is our, kind of our first time in a while we've had a, I mean, you're a CrossFit athlete, but you do real sports. Uh, which, uh, have you ever seen that episode of, um, what was the guy with the mullet on HBO? Do you remember this dude, Nikki? And he, it was always his line. He, um, Eastbound and Down. Was Eastbound and Down. That show's fantastic. It's so good. And he was a baseball player. And they said uh-huh. to him once, like, do you do CrossFit? And he's like, no, I do real sports. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I, don't do, I don't exercise for a living. I do real sports. And that's what Katie does. She's like, you're the Tough Mudder yep. world champ, right? I am. It depends on who you ask. Some people would say that cross is a real sport. And then like, you know, the whole obstacle racing industry is not. But I think they both are great. Um, but yeah, WTM, World's Toughest Mudder. Um, and then I did uh, Spartans World Champion Ultra Championship, which is a 24-hour race as well. That's a 24 hour race. I I can't even wrap my mind around that. I did one tough mutter and me and my buddy who did it together, both came off the course and we were like, never again, never again. It was so (laughs) brutal on my old body. I couldn't walk. I am not shitting you. We went to the bar afterwards, which was probably part of the mistake, but we go to this bar afterwards and here's how Sora was. Nikki, you'll love this. This would have been six years ago or so. I'm also going to preface this by saying I tried to be superhuman. I trained hard for this Tough Mudder. It was a little under 13 miles. It was like 30 obstacles Mm -hmm. or something. It was a big course. And for whatever reason, it was really muddy. Like they excessively muddied this course. And so me and my buddy are like, we're going to run hard. We're going to be real men, you know? And so we do. We go all in on this course. I think we completed it in like three hours and 15 minutes or something, which felt pretty good at the time. But when I was done, we go to the bar and I can't walk. I'm already sore. Have you ever been sore like 30 minutes after? That's what it was like. Literally holding chairs as I'm walking across the bar, like strangers just grabbing the back of their chairs. As I'm walking across the bar trying to get to the bathroom. It was miserable. And never, I've never done another one and I never will. So God bless you, Katie. That that's, you know, that's essentially how everyone is after the 24 hour races. Like they make you get up on the podiums and like, you actually need help from like the other people standing around to like step up, like, you know, what would have not been a big deal the day before, but it's pretty brutal. So everyone has trouble walking. Um, 
Yeah, but mine so was 24 hours. <laughs> mine was three hours. Yours was 24. Yeah. That's the difference. Katie, can you explain like what a 24 hour race entails? Like I don't, I cannot wrap my mind around it. Like you, you literally are, are you going for that entire time or is it kind of like, uh, do you get naps? Like, I don't understand what, how does it work? Well, the goal is not to take naps because then you lose time and then you lose time, you lose miles. Um, so for Spartan and world's toughest, you do laps. So, um, depending on the course, it can be anywhere from five mile laps to six and a half or whatever. Um, and within those laps, you have usually around 20 obstacles, um, varying in what they are and they're spread out through the whole entire, uh, lap. And then you come in and you have a pit crew, um, usually some buddies that help you out, help you refuel, have water, um, ready for you to put in your pack. And then you head on out. You want like your pit stops to be, it's kind of like NASCAR, right? So yeah. you want your pit stops to be like, Oh, like five minutes. So you have five minutes to kind of recuperate and then you're out on the course again. Um, and for the first, I'm sorry, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Okay. you have five minutes, you have five minutes to recuperate from a six and a half mile run. Yes. <laughs> over and over and over again. For 24, yes, hours. For, for 24 hours, the longer you stay in that pit, the like harder it is to go back out. And like, I've had buddies who like fall asleep and take naps. And then by that point, it's just like kind of over because you've lost all, you know, motivation to keep going. Uh, but yeah, you refuel, you start out with like gels and snacks. And then by, you know, hour 12, you're eating like pizza and like PB and J's or whatever you like is good for you for running. Um, and then when you're on course, like, you're running a majority of the time, but if like there's uphills, um, like Spartan was in Telluride, which had a lot of elevation, mm -hmm. you're power hiking, um, as fast as you can essentially. So yeah, it's, it's 24 hours of movement. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying to hear How? about the food. As yeah. The food aspects for me are what I want to hear about. Cause I've watched hundred mile races before and watched yeah. these guys eat and it's insane. So I'm dying to know what you eat to get through 24 hours. Yeah. I, my main goal is to stay hydrated because I've done some 50 mile trail runs, um, ultras that like when you get dehydrated, it's, it's not good news. Like your body just kind of starts shutting down. So if I can stay hydrated and I'll use like my like hydration BCA mix and things like that. But yeah, I start out and most people do with like more like gels and, um, chews, things that are easy. And then you, your body eventually needs food. So my go-tos are like the, like the waffles. And then I love peanut butter and jellies, like the Uncrustables. Mm -hmm. um, those are easy. You can kind of grab one and then go out on, on the course again. Um, pizza has been my go-to at like around, you know, midnight one for the past two 24-hour races. Um, and then it's basically just like anything and everything, like M&Ms, oatmeal, um, I don't do a great job. Uh, the guy who won world's toughest, they had like rice and chicken and like all this gourmet food, like being, you know, handed to him at certain hours of the night. And I'm like eating like a half leftover piece of pizza. <laughs> like it's, I could do way better, but, um, it's, it's different depending on, you know, your stomach and, and who the athlete is. But I, uh, I watched this guy once I ran a, a I did a hundred mile relay. And, uh, so I decided I'd go watch like the last 10 miles. And so we went to one of those stations and I watched this guy come in at mile 90 and he grabs a gallon of sweet tea and just 
crushes <laughs> that thing. And I mean, sweet tea just crushes it. And then three pieces of pizza yep. and then, and then back out running hard. And I mean, running hard, like, yeah. I mean, I'm not a great runner anyway, but the dude is certainly outrunning me and he's at mile 90, you know, after crushing three pieces of pizza. I'm like, I'd just be sitting there puking for an hour. It's really, <sighs> yeah. really impressive. I, I did like find as- I did find a new new thing that I really love is pickle juice. And they come in like little pickle juice shots. Um, yep. but before this one, I couldn't find that in like any grocery store. And so I just got grabbed like a giant jar of pickles. So I was just drinking out of the pickle jar and like and then eating the pickles. Um, which worked really well, but yeah, sometimes some people can't stomach that. <laughs> I am like as in awe of this conversation as I was when we were talking about the winner of Survivor, where I just like, <laughs> I cannot wrap my mind. I'm like, how did you go to this island and you ate like a spoonful of rice every day for like a month? I'm like, I'm like looking at you and I'm like, Katie, how do you move your body consistently for 24 hours this is insane and i feel like people don't even realize that you're not even like running laps over and over you're also like like diving into mud pools and being electrocuted by live wires and jumping through fire and like what the (laughs) it is when you think about it it's kind of insane and like most people be like are why why would you do that um i think it's pretty fun and i like to push myself or my body or my mind to see how far or how long I can go, but the obstacles, like I, I first got into ultra racing with just trails, which is a lot different than throwing in, you know, 20 plus obstacles each lap. Like John, I'm sure, you know, like, you know, getting in the, the water and some of them are like freezing cold. Um, and then having to do that at like, you know, 4am. And luckily this year it was right outside Vegas and the temperatures didn't drop quite as much. And usually they, you know, people put on wetsuits, but, um, this year, it was, I was very lucky that I didn't have to put on a wetsuit because you're moving enough that your body stays warm, but getting in like a freezing cold dunk pool was pretty brutal each lap. Um, it was during the day. It was great. Cause you get to it and you'd be really hot and you'd be like diving in, but <laughs> not at night. It was, nope. it was cold when we did ours. And, um, yeah. I don't think people understand how scary some of these obstacles are. Maybe we could talk about That's that. Song. I mean. just like I had two. <laughs> Like I did that cold dunk take. That wasn't scary. It just hurts. Like it's right, just cold, right. you know, and some of them are just that, but some of this stuff, like I went into it thinking, all right, I'm a pretty decent swimmer. You know, I'm mm-hmm. moderately athletic. I should be fine. Well, the weekend before ours, someone had actually died on the course in, what? in, um, wow. they, jumped, they jumped into deep water and drowned. Like they didn't get him out. Oh, and shit. so when I'm there, there's, uh, you know, dudes with scuba tanks on the sides of the yeah, water, like they're extra precautions. Right. So I climb sure. up, I'm getting ready to jump in and I have no idea how high we are until I get to the top and I ask the guy, I'm like, how high is this? And he's like, oh, it's about 18 feet, you know, which is pretty damn high. And from up there, it looks a hell of a lot higher. And I'm like, how deep is the water? He's like, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm like, all right, thanks. <laughs> so I just, I go for it and keep in mind, I'm wearing shoes and shorts and I have on like kind of a half uh, wetsuit. Cause it is cold, uh-huh. you know? And so I jump in and here was my mistake. And this is where it gets scary. The water was about 12 or 13 feet deep. Mm-hmm. Right. So I jump in and I, you know, start descending cause I'm hit, I hit at a hard rate. And right as I get to the bottom, I tap off the bottom instead of pushing off the bottom. Like as soon as mm-hmm. I felt the bottom, I tapped and now I'm going up, but I'm going up real slow. 
like real (laughs) slow. And like, there's a scary moment where you're looking up and you can see the light, but you're not sure you can make it. It will freak you out. That is scary. It's very scary. And, you know, and then there's some of these obstacles where you're going through tubes and the tubes are underwater. So you're submerged for a minute in a tube with somebody on one end of you and somebody on the other end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got that kind of moment of hesitation of, am I going to get out of this water or not? And if I don't, will somebody get me, you know? Right. It, right. I don't know how you do it. Like, how do you wrap your mind around that to just keep moving and to keep doing them over and over and over? Over for and hours? over. I am. My mind is the whole episode. <laughs> my jaw is dropped. Please tell me everything. You, you kind of get into like a routine or a pattern. Like you can make it to this mile marker and then this obstacle. And you kind of like have, you know, just like. It just becomes routine almost, you know, it's 24 hours. So you just, you have that, like you get past, you know, mile three, it's like, that's the worst part. And then, you, you know, you keep going. Um, the obstacles there, there's some that are like way better than others. Like, you know, I, I used to jump off cliffs like growing up. So like that doesn't bother me at all. But the tube thing he's talking about when there's other people surrounding you and somebody's stuck and they're not going, it's like, if you're claustrophobic at all, like that's pretty scary because you can't move. Like you're just stuck under like tubes. Um, there's this one, it's called Fear the Beard. Uh, it was probably my least favorite. It's this huge incline, like this dirt rocky incline. And they have a cargo net that's like smashed to the ground. Um, and you have to go through like this water pit and then crawl up under the cargo net up the hill. And if it's just you, it takes a long time to get up that because the cargo net is just like smashed to the ground. So like you kind of look around and like other people with Tough Mudder, you can like do obstacles at the same time. And so like you have a group, you kind of all like stand up and like go up together. But if it's just you, it's it's brutal. So um, yeah, just having to like keep going. Um, is I mean, for me, it wasn't an option. It was just like, you have to keep going if you want to win. Um, I, I, I think it would be a lot like CrossFit out on the course. Like you make friends instant, like friends in that, you know, it's like, you know, being in a battle, you know, it's like you, you have this shared suffering. And I've always felt that my affinity toward CrossFit is it's so hard when you're doing something really difficult with someone else, Mm -hmm. you become friends. And the Tough Mudder I did was the same way. Like I was making friends out on the course, doing that Mm -hmm. same thing. Like you get something, I'm not doing this alone. Hey buddy, come here. Let's go. But she's she's out to win. So it's like you're making friends, but you're like not really making friends. Well, during like during like the first half of the race and even like through the night, there's like, you know, the males that are running. And so there's one guy that I ran with in the Spartan Ultra World Championships and he was out on the course, too. So we did a couple laps together, um, which is fun. And you have someone to talk to. But yeah, not I didn't really run or make any friends with the like female competitors because I wasn't ever really by any that were like running with me but like some of the guys are like super good like the guy who won ran like 115 miles um which is insane uh I hit 90 and so like running with some of them was was super fun but yeah it's like a, it's a big team effort almost it, like you know at 4 a.m it's like all right these people are still out here like let's go <laughs> So do you, have you ever reached a moment in one of these races where you felt like you were going to fail? Like you mentioned dehydration earlier. Has that ever actually happened to you on a course? Um, during a trail ultra, um, I got pretty dehydrated and I had to like walk essentially the last like mm, 10 miles. Um, on these ones, not so much. I mean, there's, there's hard times throughout the race. Usually it comes around like sunset or sunrise when you still have like six hours to go. Um, 
And so that's kind of hard. Um, but then you like kind of break through. So there's ups and downs. They, they say that like, you know, when you run an ultra, it's like going through the stages of grief. Like you kind of hit all of right. them, um, which does happen. So that's what aging is like too, by the way. <laughs> um, can't wait. I just, do, do I can't, I, like I can't understand. Like I keep thinking back to like the one time I ran a marathon, the one and only time. And I'm like, I just, it, it was, and I'm a an, an super average fitness type person, but it like, it really took like everything to run this, like, you know, four and a half hour race. I just, I, I can't comprehend the level of athleticism that you have to have to just keep going. Like I couldn't miles 20 to 26 were like just the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Like, I don't understand how you got to mile 90. It is just, I, <laughs> My well, a marathon is still really impressive. In fact, I've only run 50 and above, so I've never even ran a marathon, but that sounds harder to me than this, like running on the road for 26 miles. Like at least for these, like you're not really bored, right? You have to do this obstacle, then this, then you have to run. Um, but it is, it's also your pit crew really helps. So like they help keep you motivated when you come in and then they send you back off. Um, that really helps. And then, yeah, just meeting all the other competitors around the course helps you keep going, but you still, yeah, you still have to. What? <laughs> yeah. all kind of psychotic. Maybe, maybe that's just, <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe that's what maybe it is. Need a bit. What's your normal weekend training look like to train for a race this long? Like how many, yeah. how many hours do you have to put in a week? Um, yeah. So it depends. So when I'm in like ultra training mode and not like kind of other fitness competitions, um, it's a lot of time running and a lot of time on the bike. Um, so I found that if I stay on the mountain bike, the road bike for, you know, hours it keeps the you know all the injuries off my feet doesn't beat up my body as much uh, but you're probably still putting in like 50 mile weeks and then a ton on the bike as well hey nikki let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor Tupud. Yes. So Tupud, you've definitely heard us talking about them before on the show, even just at the beginning of this episode. Um, but we wanted to take a minute to just remind everyone that they're an, an awesome brand, an awesome group of people. We really love their equipment. They make a bunch of weightlifting accessories. My personal favorite is my weightlifting belt. It is like my all-time crutch. Mm -hmm. Like I want, it makes me feel so nice and sweet and secure. I want to wear it when I like do pull-ups even. Um, but outside of being just like very helpful in all of your lifting. It's also very stylish. They have 45 different designs to choose from. And here's something kind of cool. They have um, on the front of their belts, and I'm <laughs> I'm actually talking about this because my original Tupud belt is way OG, so it doesn't have this. But now all of their belts have um, a, what they call a wad clamp. So like everyone's biggest fear with a Velcro belt is that it's going to pop in the middle of trying to hit a heavy PR. But they designed this wad clamp as kind of like this locking mechanism that allows you to clamp your Velcro and secure your belt. So it's never going to pop and you can transition easy between lifts as opposed to like, you, you know, in order to do that without a Velcro belt, you'd need one of those leather ones. I don't know if you've ever tried to get in and out of one of those. Oh, I, mm -hmm. I have them all. I have one that I have busted out of several times <laughs> and I have, a, <laughs> I, I have a leather belt that to your point, uh, I think it's really tight, but man, it's hard to get off. It's not fun. It is not fun. Yeah, no. So um, my best recommendation is head on over to tupood.com. That's the number two, P-O-O-D.com. Get yourself a belt. They also have these 
insanely cute, sparkly knee sleeves that like every time I post about them on my Instagram, a hundred people ask me where they're from. They're from Tupud people. Go get them. I told them they should call them the Nikki on their website <laughs> they absolutely because I'm can. serious. Every time I post anything, lifting anything, I have to wear them because I have bad postpartum knees and people are like, where are those from? And I'm like, are you new here? I've well, been wearing they, these sleeves for like three years. When they make us our co-branded belt, we'll call that the Nikki. How about that? Oh my God. Okay. Spoiler alert. That mm-hmm. might may or may not be coming. So keep an eye out. Maybe eventually. Maybe eventually. We'll have to see what they look like. They may not. If they don't look good, they won't come out. We'll see. If they don't look good, then we're going to like make samples of yeah. them and then post about that. And then people will be like, where's that from? And I'll exactly. Be like, exactly. All right. Everybody go anyway. get a two, go get a two poo belt. Where do they go again? Two pood. Two, the number two P O O D.com. There you go. All right. Back to the show. What mm-hmm. other sports you, are you training for other sports besides these ultras? Are you doing other competitions or is this? Yeah. So, um, I am going to do, there's a new one called go ruck games. Um, if you've heard of that one, yeah. uh, Rogue, yep. Rogue, go ruck and it's savage race partner together for a big, big event where, um, it's going to have obstacle courses and like strongman and rucking. And then I'm also training for high rocks. If you guys have heard that one. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah so that one's like a fitness competition, um, with running and then like CrossFit type workout stations. Yeah. So yeah. But the that's the thing is year. very interesting to me. I'm like very intrigued. Like that's, I haven't done a competition in a long time, but that's the kind of thing that I totally feel like I could. Yeah, you get should. Into they have, they have like point. doubles like, and like yeah. team relays too, which are super yep. fun. I've done the team or the, the doubles, but that one's actually really hard because that's speed. So you got to be fast. So I'm working on that game for the beginning of the year and then I'll hit the ultra circuit at the end of the year. And that doesn't mean yeah. I have to go very fast. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not very fast, but I just like for me, cause I've done like one like obstacle course and it was short, very small and very mm-hmm. like minor, but it's the obstacles themselves. Like I'm just not built for it. I'm too like squeamish. I can't do the dunk, the cold dunk. I can't fucking do it. I can't just, the, <laughs> I can't jump off things. I can't, I can't be dark out. Like I'm such a weenie, but like, if it was like run a mile and then do like, you know, 50 burpees as fast as you can and then hand it off to whoever, like I'm totally down for that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, you should definitely do a high rocks or a DECA. Um, there's like DECA fit and DECA strongs too. They're similar, yep. but they're Spartans version. So, yeah, <laughs> I would try. You know, uh, our our girlfriend Logan, who's been on the show a few times, who does um, CrossFit broadcast work with me. She's an MC. She was MCing for the last couple of high rocks events. Oh, okay. Um, this past year, and she she said it was so cool to watch. Yeah, it was like, wicked entertaining and fun. I think it might be like you know one of the next things that we all get into, you know, like we all have CrossFit, we all have watching right. the pros do their thing. And like, you know, sometimes we participate and like Waza has this big community. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like Hyrox is the next thing that like, if you don't super hate running, some kind right. of CrossFitters hate, <laughs> hate, hate running. Um, I think it could be wicked cool. Yeah. And it's super popular over in Europe and it's, it's gaining yeah. a lot of attraction over here. So it could be. Yeah. Yeah. How many competitions a year are you competing in these days? Um, so I'll have probably like six to seven big ones throughout the whole year. So I, I like, I'll save, won't do a ton of ultras this year, but I'll hit like the big, like 24 hour ones. Um, because you can only do so many of those. Um, and last year I only did about like three races. Um, that was my first tough mutter ever. 
and it was a 24 hour one. And then I've only done two other Spartans. So I came from like, yeah, more of a CrossFit background doing CrossFit comps, coaching, um, personal training. And then I just recently jumped into this, you know, scene and industry and it's pretty fun. So if you're the kind of person that continuously wants to push yourself and you grew up jumping off cliffs yeah, and now you're doing 24 hour obstacle course racing, like what is next? What is left out there that you're like, Oh, I, I really want to like, I don't know. Like, is there competitive skydiving? Like what is the next (laughs) crazy thing that you want to do to put your body to the test? Um, there are a couple hundred milers out there that are like oh. the hardest that I would really want to do. Um, cause I've never done a hundred. So that'd probably be next on the list. Um, and then probably climbing some pretty crazy mountains. That'd be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some of the tallest peaks. So yeah, that would, I feel like that would push your body pretty hard. Um, or to, you know, I've, I've hiked about a hundred couple sections on the PCT, so to do the whole thing would be pretty cool. There's not really like a competition of that, but <laughs> no, but that's like, that's, you, that's a whole life accomplishment there. Yeah. Right. So is this your full-time gig then to be able to do these competitions like throughout the years? Is this, is this, I know what you mentioned off there, you're doing some personal training and some other things, but is this like kind of the thing that you're focused on for the year? Yeah. So, um, I started at the end of last year and it's kind of pushed the way in my way through for competitions and invites for um, some of the bigger comps that go rough games and stuff this year. So that's my goal is to win them um, because that's where the money is. And then I've gained some sponsors. And then other than that, yeah, I'm doing online personal training. Um, I used to do, you know, training in the gym and coaching CrossFit. Uh, but I've kind of transitioned to this because it's a little bit more flexible and I can work with clients, you know, all over the U.S. or even the world. So um, it just works a little bit better for my lifestyle and training. I'm surprised more CrossFitters aren't doing this. Like, as a, and Nikki, I don't know, like, maybe I'm just missing out here, but sounds like you guys have put together, or, you know, the, your industry has put together this circuit that sounds similar to like, you know, professional tennis or professional golf. And, you know, CrossFit has the games and that's mm-hmm. kind of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. where, where you guys have, like, sounds like you have multiple things you could do. I'm just wondering why more CrossFitters aren't training to do this, where they could earn more money than just going to do thrusters and trying to make it to the games. Yeah. I don't think the crossover is as great as you might expect. I truly mm-hmm. think that it takes, I mean, I think CrossFit is incredible training for generalized fitness and it makes you strong as fuck. But like, I think that there's not quite as much crossover in a true endurance aspect as you, as you might guess. I mean, a lot of crossfitters are definitely fit enough and can train endurance with some of the implements and some of the training tools and some of the things that we do, but it's a very different and specialized way of looking at competing. Mm -hmm. I think that, that not everyone is always willing to put in 50 miles at a time on the bike or, you know what I mean? Like not everyone's willing to change over their 12 minute Metcon to a two hour run just to kind of get, get their endurance up. But there are some, I mean, there's some, we know that, um, Hunter McIntyre has been crushing it over at high rocks, you know, there's some crossover athletes. Yeah. 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 It's definitely more of an endurance based sport. Um, it's definitely hybrid, uh, 
with like, you know, strength training, but it's not nearly as, as you don't have to strength train quite as much, um, compared to CrossFit. Um, so it is more of a foot race, um, and endurance based. And so maybe that could be wise that the, you know, CrossFitters don't necessarily want to bike and run. They want to be in the gym. Um, and I mean, the payoff for the games is like, you know, ridiculous compared to any of these championships. But if you were an athlete that did multiple small races and then a couple of big ones, like, yeah, you can make a decent buck. Um, but when it comes to like, cause yeah, the, what is the top, um, like what does the winner get for the games? I don't so, even know. It's like three twenty to win, but the reality yeah. is it's yeah. like, you know, most of these guys are earning less than six figures a year. Yeah, right. Yeah. From, from earnings. I, you know, I don't know what they're getting in sponsorships, but you know, and most of them are getting the vast majority of them are 50,000 or less in yeah. earnings. Mm-hmm. I guess the, for me, the question is, which is more fun? <laughs> you know, like that would, for me, that'd be the underlying thing. Like you've done them both. Which do you like better? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a gym rat. I love being in the gym and lifting weights to me. That's super fun. But I also like the outdoor aspect. Like for these races, you could be outdoor. You could be like in Telluride, you were essentially in the mountains for 24 hours. Um, so I find that at the end of the day more fun and the training more fun because you could go be out on the trails and, you know, on the bike. And so that's where I would rather be. But it's hard. Um, I'm not like a ton of ultra runners because I spend too much time in the gym, probably. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to move away from that. But I think it helps a ton for obstacles um, to have that strength and then still be able to have the endurance side. So it's a true hybrid. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. So when you, now that you're doing some personal training and stuff and, and mm-hmm. you've got clients all over the place, are you doing sort of like generalized fitness or is anyone coming to you because they want to train to do this stuff too? Yeah, I have, I have a mix actually. Some people want to do Spartan ultras. Some people want to do, you know, trail ultras or get their endurance up. And then I have uh, quite a few clients that just want to be healthy and be yeah. more fit or get back to working out after having a baby or, you know, whatever it is. So it's a, it's a fun mix. Um, so I get a, it's not boring. It's not just all, you know, people who want to do ultras, but um, I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's really cool watching their progress. That's cool. Well, you're never talking me into doing another one unless Nikki will do one <laughs> with me. What do you think? Oh, Nikki? Hey. No, are you kidding me? Are you be kidding fun. me? I don't like to be There's cold. some short ones. I don't like to be sore. I don't like to be I don't like to be outdoors for all that long. There's mosquitoes. No way. I no. could I could be talked into trying one that, you know, the one that you described that's more CrossFit centric. The Tough Mudder I won't do again. Yeah. That's a one yeah. and done. I had too many scary moments. Like I had to climb this fence that was like 15 feet high and I get to the top and I'm like, they just built this thing yesterday. Like this isn't, you know, it's not like a house that had people supervising. Like I'm up there and it's all rickety and I can see the nails pulling out. I'm like, this is not good. This is not good. Is that the Matterhorn? The one that's really tall. You have to climb up under the nets to like the very top. Maybe. I don't even remember. It's been so long now. Like the whole thing was just like, I still have nightmares about it. The whole, the entire thing. And then, you know, at the end you have to run through an electric, fence like no no absolutely no not. see that's you that actually had hurt. me until that <laughs> yeah it hurt you all bad. had me until that when tough mutters first came out right because it was like all crossfitters went and did a tough mutter that was like right. a thing at the very very beginning um 
And when they first came out, I was game. I was like, cool, this is fun. We'll get muddy, run around, do some shit. I'm going to be strong and like climb up walls. Woo. And then I like saw on the website that you had to literally like run through live wires Mm -hmm. and jump over fire. And I was like, well, now we are like, now we are ruining my skin and we are like (laughs) getting me to the point where I am like, I don't know potentially like bruising and cutting and like, no, I'm done. I'm done with this. Oh, the, the electric fence, Nikki, here's the best part of the electric fence. So uh, me and my buddy, Marty, who, by the way, is the, our podcast host, right? He works for the company that uh, hosts the show. And um, he and I were doing, he and I were doing this thing together. Right. And we get to the electric fence and we were dead. And when I mean, we're dead, like I was literally at the end you had to go over these mud walls. I was reaching down and grabbing my shorts and pulling my legs over because I couldn't move my legs on their own. Right. So we get to this, you know, electric fence and the guy's on the microphone. Cause it's the final event right at the finish line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's cheering people on and he says to us, Hey, you don't have to run through, but it was the way he said it was like, yeah, but if you don't, you're a big wuss, you know? So of course, <laughs> of course we're due. We're like, all right, let's go. So we go in at the same time and I don't even see my buddy at this point. I get hit on the side of the arm, like within seconds of getting in and I can only describe it like getting punched. That's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. It felt like getting hit really hard. And so I just dove into the mud and I crawled out. I didn't get hit again. Well, my buddy Marty got hit twice and we get out (laughs) and they hand you a beer and a headband and I walk over to him and he's holding his beer. And I know this is on video. You know, some people see this on video, but he's holding the beer and his hand is just shaking like this. And he's not, I'm like, Hey, are you okay? And he's literally not saying a word catatonic for at least 45 seconds and beer just going everywhere. Oh no. <laughs> he couldn't speak at all. And it took him about 45 seconds before he finally got it together. And, you know, we were both just like, all right, never again. That's it. Like proved our point. No, they, and, they yeah. hurt they like you can you there's a couple different obstacles that had the electric and some like hung down and you like crawled through and like those it was kind of like a little spark and that was like it and then there was one that like had wires and you had to like weave in and out so if you didn't touch them you didn't get shocked but man when they hit like if you accidentally hit it like hit my hamstring at like i don't know 4 a.m and i was like oh. i was like all right <laughs> i want to go home <laughs> yeah it's it's not fun but you do you know of course we did it as a group we weren't competing and you do get a sense of teamwork and Mm -hmm. unity like you're pulling each other over walls and you have to problem solve some of these obstacles and Mm -hmm. and you know you talk to people you've never met as a matter of fact we're we're running through this course and some girl comes behind marty and like just slaps him on the ass as hard as she can she's like come on grandpa let's go and oh shit and then she turns and looks she's like oh my god i thought you were somebody else (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that makes sense. Tough Mudder community is super fun. Like they're all they're like they're out there and it's just it's a blast. Uh, like the award ceremony, there's people with colored hair and like, you know, piercings. Like it's just a fun, fun group. Um, uh, but you guys would like like a Spartan, you could do like a you know, a 5k Spartan event, and there's yeah. no water in that, there's no electricity or anything. Perfect. Um perfect. Yeah. It's more there's still my some- speed. <laughs> there's some fun obstacles still, but yeah, nothing crazy. 
So yeah, maybe- I wouldn't mind. I do like, I'm with you, Katie. Like I like getting outside for that kind of thing. Like yeah. I love being in the gym and I love CrossFit. And I always have, and I always will. But like when the weather gets nice and there's like a cool trail or thing to explore that's outdoor, it's like, that's, I'm not a huge runner, but I do enjoy like being outside like that. Right. I like the idea of doing one again, only because I feel like I put in a lot of hours in the gym here. And Mm -hmm. at some point I want to, you feel like you need to test it, you know, see what you're capable of. But I, you know, like I, I, I've done enough marathons and long distance running to know what you have to put in hours wise to do a really long race. And I have no desire to do another 13 miles or right. Right. Or whatever. I think there's Spartan has like a a three miler and I think a six. Um, I could, I could do either one of those probably and not hate my life too bad. That's perfect. That's exactly what you want. Yeah. So Katie, are you going to do the open? Like, are you going to be dipping a toe into the competitive CrossFit space at all this year? Um, I, every year I've done the open workouts. Um, Most years I've signed up last year with training. I didn't just because I knew I wouldn't be able to do all of them. Um, But I always go into the gym and I'll, I'll do as, you know, as good, as well as I can. But yeah, I, I love the, I love CrossFit. Um, my mom, who's now 61, she got us all like, I have five siblings. She got us all into CrossFit. She was the first one to do Aww. it. And so like in 2017 or 16, I jumped on the CrossFit bandwagon and loved it since. Are you guys, so are you guys doing the open? Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was, th- I was talking about it last night. Actually, Ben and I were talking about it last night. I, um, I can't decide if I want RX this year or scale. I guess I, it's probably going to be a game time decision. Like I feel really good right now. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. ever get in that moments where you don't really have any aches and pains, nothing's tweaked. Like, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say I'm at nope. my peak physical condition, <laughs> but I feel really good at this age, you know? So it's like, if I were ever going to RX, I could, but yeah, I still know my luck. Like I've been training in the basement for the last four months and it'll be you know, 22.1 is going to be muscle ups for time. And I haven't done a muscle right. up in six months. Right. So we'll, we'll see, see how it goes. Yeah. I have been I, doing a lot of wall walks though. I'm preparing. Oh, perfect. good. You're that, was, that was brutal last year. Like I didn't underestimate it because I know how awful they are. Um, but I still don't think it would be that bad by the end of it. It's like my shoulder joints were like not working. <laughs> I've perfected the belly flop. Yeah. Totally perfected it. Just coming off the wall at full, full speed, maximum density to the floor. It's awesome. It was, that you know, I think terrible. <laughs> hey, it works. I was like very pregnant at this time last year and did not have to deal with any of that. So that sounds terrible. Oh, you guys, right. You didn't have to do it. I yeah. hope it comes up again. Nope. You need to do that workout. You know, I had, I had it on my goals. I can't remember if I talked about it on the show the last time we recorded. So if I did feel free to skip over this part, if you're listening, but <laughs> I kind of had it as my goal to be back to where I was by the open this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I'm here and I'm kind of like, I don't know, depends on the day, somewhere between 75 and 85% of where I was pre-baby. I'm just realizing that was like a very unrealistic goal. Like I had zero concept of what my body would go through. And so it was stupid for me to be like, yeah, by the open, I want to be RX again. Like based off of what Nikki, you've never had a baby. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. So like, just chill. Um, And so, you know, he's six months old and I'm kind of at a point now where I'm 
crushing scaled wads, you know, mm-hmm. and like learning how to re RX things, learning how to get back towards some of my lifts and numbers and things that I've been before. And so I think I'm going to enter the open this year with a scaled mindset again to see how mm-hmm. I can do, but it's, you know, if something comes up, if a workout comes up that I feel like I can RX, I'll try, like, I'll give it a, I'll give it the old college try. (laughs) And I do have it on my goals list to do all of last year's open wads RX at some point, because I scaled them all for my pregnancy last year and they still all kick my butt. Mm -hmm. But like, there were a couple that I really liked. I mean, you never really like an open wad, but there were a couple that like felt like they could have been a good moment for me to shine and feel good about my fitness at an RX level, like the dumbbell snatch burpee box step over one. Like Mm -hmm. I had to use a lighter dumbbell and those are kind of like good movements for me. So it's someday when I'm really back to where I was, I do want to do all of them from last year. Cause that was the year that I, I had to get real creative about how to work around my belly. And I what did they, what they have, did they have you, did you just not do the wall walk one or did, what was the like, scale like portion of that for someone who was pregnant i so there were i could have done like bear crawls i think was that that one i can't really remember there were like because they brought in the fundamentals level Mm -hmm. too there definitely was something i could have done but it was Mm -hmm. also like pregnancy is weird and sometimes when you like the scaled quote-unquote scaled version of something just doesn't work for you physically like I there are some women that can do push-ups their entire pregnancy or do them off a box Mm -hmm. I had to stop way early because I just presented too much pressure and I was like coning so like you know if the mod was push-ups then I had to do something different even though that would have been a fine scaled version so I just remember having to get wicked creative and like using a lot of the assault bike yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine also doing doing bear crawls with like a belly. Like that would be yeah. so uncomfortable. Like <laughs> it was weird. I had to get real creative at some point, but I still got good fitness in. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. You still did it. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Sort of. Well, <laughs> I'm looking forward to this year's experience. I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to drop into three different gyms for my school. Oh, that's okay. awesome. It'll be fun. Well, I mean, I don't have, you know, my home gym closed or my, you know, the gym I was attending closed and, um, you know, I I don't, I'm not going to, there's no chance I'm videoing me working out zero chance of that and sending it in. So like, you know, I, I, I want to celebrate the community. I haven't done that before. So I'm going to find three local gyms. I've kind of already picked them out and, uh, I'm just going to go, you know, do their Friday night lights and hang out with their community yeah. and have some fun and remember what CrossFit's Heck. all about again. You know? I love that. Yeah. That's, I've that's only awesome. done the open in gym. So when I used to coach at CrossFit Sanitas in Boulder, mm-hmm. like we had, like they had, would have such a cool experience, like Friday night lights. We'd have teams, we'd have like, like theme nights. So like one would be like, you know, seventies night and we'd all dress in like neon. Yeah. Workout um, Are you still wait, Sanitas? No, I'm not. Um, I left there in like 20, I don't know, 1920. Okay. I just um, wanted, I wanted to make sure because that's Rose's gym. I don't want people to think we're in cahoots or anything. I don't want people to think <laughs> no, that, no, no. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Right yeah. Now. No, no. That was a long time ago. But um, yeah, every gym I've been to, it's always like a really good time. So you'll have a blast. Yeah. I think Friday Night Lights is the best part of the Open. 
my opinion, oh, yeah. like better mm-hmm. than workouts, better than like checking the leaderboard to see who you're beating. Like there's nothing better than watching somebody get their first muscle up in the open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that is like a magical moment. Like I just, I want to tear up when I see it happen. It's just like, it's <laughs> always unreal. And it actually isn't even muscle ups. Like I make it sound like it has to be something big. It's actually always seeing somebody get their first pull up. Yeah, for you sure. Know? Like <laughs> things that a lot of us take for granted because we've been doing it for a long time. You see somebody hit that first thing they've never done before. And you're just like, oh my God, like that's why we do this. You know, it's totally. just, yeah. it's so, so cool. So I'm excited. Yeah. I love the videos. I do tear up at some of them that are like yep. super touching. I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, you've, it's, you know, you know, granted, I, neither one of us are the athlete that you are, but it, it, you still forget after a decade of fitness, how far you've come. Oh, yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I, I can remember back to how hard learning pull-ups was and, and, you know, sit-ups. Like I remember doing uh, Tabata sit-ups for the first time and thinking I was going to die, you know, <laughs> and like, oh my God, I'm never going to do more than 40 sit-ups in my life, <laughs> you know? And and now you just take it for granted. You can just sit there and do them all day, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you just, you forget that someone, someone else somewhere is starting where you were. Right, you know? right. And it's just, it's so much fun to watch that happen and realize their journey's just begun, you know, and soon they will, cool. they will hate everything like we do. It's great. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's cool about CrossFit and the community. Um, that exactly. Yeah, for sure. Well, Katie, thanks for joining us. It was. Uh, yes. Thanks for having me. Nikki you guys are a lot of fun to talk to. Yay. We love hearing about people doing things other than just thrusters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad I could supply that. <laughs> if uh, if anyone wanted to find your programming or, uh, you know, your one-on-one coaching or just, mm-hmm. you know, wanted to stalk you online, where would they find you? Um, they can check out my Instagram and then there's a link in my bio. They can fill out a form that will... Um, and they'll answer a bunch of questions about what they want to do for their fitness journey. And then we kind of go from there. Uh, my username is K eight zero underscore night. So like K 80 night. Um, so they can find me there. Um, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Nikki, I want videos of the little man feeding himself. Oh my gosh. Actually, I will send you one. Matt just took one tonight. I was feeding him while I was holding him. I'm surprised I'm not covered in whatever kiwi puree or something i need to see it and the pictures you posted uh your valentine pictures of him were adorable like so i know i know i'm so biased but he's so fucking cute Uh, he's just a little man he's just a little man he looks like a little man that's what that's the best way i can describe him he's absolutely so much he is adorable all right well this has been fun guys thanks so much yes thank uh, you For everyone listening, go get signed up for the Open if you haven't signed up and uh, compete. And we look forward to hearing your stories and uh, we will chat with you guys soon.